Hello everyone. I have to understand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to this Goodwill Meditation Group webinar. Today we are the 27th of April and my name is Mince van der Velde and we are here in Geneva. I will be joined later by Steve Nation in New York. The Goodwill Meditation Group is a worldwide group of people who link up each Wednesday at noon to meditate on goodwill. Well, that's, is, that's if, you are in, if you are in New York, here in Geneva, it's about six o'clock. The group aims to stimulate and strengthen the goodwill that is expressed by humanity as a whole. This webinar meets the last Wednesday of each month and provides a platform for individuals to come together to use the Goodwill Meditation and to discuss our work. Goodwill is love in action and it exists in all human rela relationships that carry a note of loving intention. It is a positive and dynamic energy and can be consciously utilized for the betterment of humanity and the planet. Goodwill in essence Goodwill is, in essence, the name we give to the potent energy of divine will, as it is expressed through human relationship. This powerful energy overcomes all separating forces and has the potential to transform all aspects of our societies and the planet itself. Goodwill redeems, unifies, and reveals the essential goodness underlying all phenomenal expression. The existence of goodwill is evidence of the link between humanity, the spiritual hierarchy, and divinity. To begin, let us quiet our minds and then link up with the group in sounding the mantra of the new group of world servers. The mantra of the new group of world servers may the power of the one life pour through the group of all true servers may the love of the one soul characterize the lives of all who seek to aid the great ones may i fulfill my part in the one work through self-forgetfulness, harmlessness, and right speech. The topic of today's webinar 
is values to live by, of which you can find more information on the World Goodwill website. Here I will just mention what we mean by values to live by, whereas after the meditation, which we will do in a minute, Steve Nation will develop this topic in more detail. Values to live by include a love of truth, which is essential for a just, inclusive and progressive society, a sense of justice, recognition of the rights and needs of all, a spirit of cooperation based on active goodwill and the principle of right human relationships, a sense of personal responsibility for group, community and national affairs, and serving the common good through the sacrifice of selfishness, of selfishness. Only what is good for all is good for each one. As said, goodwill is an inclusive cooperative cooperative attitude of mind. It is love and action. It encourages justice and integrity in those with influence and authority. It is truly the cornerstone of a human society responding to values of the new age. That goodwill is an essential and powerful energy, I want to illustrate with an event at which I was, uh, at which I attended in Geneva in 2013. It was the eighth edition of the Geneva Lecture Series in the Palais des Nations here in Geneva. It featured two speakers. One, I hope the slide is on, yes. One is uh, Marty Atisari on the left. He is a Nobel Peace Prize laureate of 2008 and is former president of Finland. And the other one, which you see on the right, is Jose Ramos Horta, special representative of the Secretary General of Guinea-Bissau and former president of Timor-Leste and also Nobel Peace Prize laureate in 1969. Sorry, 1996, excuse me. In the center you see Darius Rochebin, it's a journalist of the Swiss radio and television. Mr. Atisari was a United Nations Special Envoy for Kosovo, charged with organizing the Kosovo status process negotiations, aimed at resolving a long-running dispute in Kosovo, which later declared its independence from Serbia in 2008. The noble statement said that Mr. Atisari had played a prominent role in resolving serious and long-lasting conflicts including ones in Namibia, Aceh in Indonesia, Kosovo, Serbia and Iraq. Mr. Ramos Horta was founder of Fretilin, a political party for independence and served as the exiled spokesman for the East Timorese resistance during the years of the Indonesian occupation of East Timor which was from 1975 to 1999. 
While he continued to work for Fretilin, Mr. Ramos Horta resigned from the party in 1988, becoming an independent politician. After each Timor achieved independence in 2002, he was appointed as the country's first foreign minister and served in this position until his re resignation in 2006, amidst political turmoil. He was elected president the year thereafter in 2007 and on the 11th of February 2008 he was not fatally shot during an assassination attempt. After leaving office as president in 2012, Ramos Horta was appointed as the United Nations Special Representative and head of the United Nations Integrated Peace Building Office in Guinea-Bissau in 2013. Finally, he stood as a candidate of the National Congress for Timorese Reconstruction and in the election of, in the election of this year, so 2022, and ended up winning the runoff. The event in 2013 was an opportunity to learn from the guest speaker's knowledge rooted in diverse personal experiences but largely complementary in nature. That's to say, Mr. Atasari is a career diplomat and Mr. Ramos Horta, a guerrilla fighter, turned into a peace builder. The event, the event featured short lectures by, followed by two peacemakers and a debate. A number of common themes have emerged from the discussion such as the importance of trust, the inclusionary policies for building peaceful societies, as well as that of compassion and humility as the great qualities of leadership. The two peacemakers provided insights drawing on their own experiences. The Nordic model for Mr. Atisari's case and the Timor-Leste's experience in the case of José Ramos Hortas. Clearly, these two peacemakers are what we would call members of the new group of world servers. Mr. Atisari stressed the concept of trust as a key to peacemaking processes. A supporter of the Nordic model, he argued that egalitarian principles and income distribution help to build trust and avoid societal tensions. The importance of generosity of spirit shown by the winner to the opposition was an important issue raised by Mr. Ramos Horta during his lecture. A winner-takes-all attitude just lays the foundation for future conflict. Touching upon the issue of political, civil and cultural rights, he noted that exclusionary policies would not work in a multi-ethnic, multi-religious society. Mr. Ramos Horto also said that basically a pragmatic approach might be required in order to promote reconciliation. During the discussion, both agreed that the success of peacemaking depended on whether the parties were ready to, to negotiate. To be ready to negotiate 
requires two things. First, a minimum level of trust. And secondly, a certain amount of goodwill. Asked why not all conflicts all over the world could be resolved by peacemaking efforts, both agreed that if there is not a minimum amount of trust and of goodwill, there is no point in starting peace talks. In such cases, sadly, sadly only time, often accompanied by lots of suffering and destruction, has to go its course. This example clearly shows how important it is to foster right human relations through the power of goodwill. With these thoughts, let us now go into our world goodwill meditation. First link up in thought with all those people throughout the world, not only our group but all over the world, who are working within this Grootville meditation group. Reflect upon the fact of relationship. You are re related to your family. Your community. Your nation. the world of nations, and the one humanity made up of all races and nations. Then 
we will voice the mantra of unification which will appear on your screen <coughs> the mantra of unification the souls of all are one and i am one with them i seek to love not hate I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and in and <coughs> and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Reflect upon your own and humanity's relationship with all beings who dwell in the higher realms of mind and heart, the spiritual hierarchy of saints, rishis, bodhisattvas and masters honored by all the world's religions and spiritual groups. Then imagine that you are standing together within the center of the spiritual hierarchy, immersed, immersed in the consciousness of the heart of love. For some, this heart of love is known as the Christ. Other faiths have other names for the one at the center, such as Maitreya, the Imamadi, and the Kalki Avatar.
maintaining that high point of contact, let your thoughts reach out to include all members of the human family in whom the energy of goodwill is active. the affirmation in the center of all love I stand from that center I the soul will outward move from that center I the one who serves will work may the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart through my group and throughout the world Come to stage three. Visualize the energy of love flowing from the hierarchy through the men and women of goodwill and into the hearts and minds of all people, infusing them with goodwill and creating loving and harmonious human relationships.
we meditate on ways of spreading goodwill, creating right human relationships and restoring peace on earth. Realize that you are helping <coughs> build a channel between the spiritual hierarchy and humanity, through which the energy of goodwill may flow, uniting humanity, solving its problems, and healing all differences and cleavages. linked in thought with men and women of goodwill all over the world. We say the great invocation using the adapted version. We say it with deliberation and full commitment to its meaning, knowing that we are radiating its potent energies to humanity.
the great invocation. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you very much. Then we will now go over to New York where Steve Nation will share his thoughts on values to live by. Steve, you have the floor. Thank you, Minsa. Thank you for that um, beautiful talk. And <coughs> it's a joy to be working together with this Goodwill Meditation with um, a good group, 108 of us. That's good. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thinking about this topic of values to live by um, made me realize that really this is a perfect time to be focusing on this theme of values, the values that are at the heart of our cultures and our societies. It's a good time because for one thing, people of goodwill everywhere, and this will include all of us I guess on this call, are deeply shaken and disturbed not just by the one thing that's happening, but by the whole series of interlocking crises that um, reach into nearly all of our nations. At the heart of these crises, there's the reality that we have lost our moral compass, 
lost our sense of who we are as human beings living together on earth. Or another way of saying this is that because we're just beginning to discover that we're one humanity, we are facing the reality that this is a new awareness that we need to bring into incarnation. These times are characterized by widespread awareness of the immensity of the challenges that face countries and communities and by the lack of any shared sense of meaning and purpose with which we can face these challenges. How do we do it? And so it's in this situation exactly that it's so important for people of goodwill to focus on the values that are needed for the post-materialistic, post-separative world. One way of looking at this is, is, is to look at the intensification that's happened in every aspect of life in the three worlds of human experience. Just think about it, the intensification of relationships, human relationships, of the sense of what it is to be a human being, intensification of appetites, of desires, of disappointments and fantasies with all the accompanying stresses and the ways in which these are forcing breakthrough for some and breakdown for others. And while this pressure of intensification of life mounts, individually and collectively, we're forced to look at the great revelation of our age. We can't turn our eyes away from the fact of oneness and the wholeness and interdependence of life. In one sense, we could say that social media represents the side of the intensification of life. This constant flow of non-stop information, opinions, voices, loud and, loud and strong, while the growing awareness of environmental issues represents and reflects the revelation of oneness and the necessity to relate to that revelation. How do we act? How do we behave? How does it change who I am? This goodwill meditation that we've just worked with brings us into a frame of, frame of reference where the intensity of the spiritual crisis facing the world can be observed with some measure of love and understanding. And this is because we look at the human experience as it relates to a hierarchy of lighted beings looking at the human experience almost from the perspective of that hierarchy of lighted beings. And this is important for any consideration of the values that will form the basis of the new and rightly oriented humanity. I'm sure it's real that many of us on this call will have worked with the energy flow of the Easter full moon in Aries. Many on this call will now be preparing for WASAC a festival when forces of enlightenment flow into the human and when a doorway is opened every year to allow the radiations of the Buddha and the Christ to flow into the field of human consciousness. So at this time of intensification, of lawlessness and upset in so much of the outer life of humanity, we need to remember that forces of light are pouring in 
And these forces can be expected to be having a significant impact on the values and moral conscience of the peoples of the world. And it's really only the values and the moral conscience of the peoples of the world as this moves and changes and deepens that will lead us into this new era. Expectations important, intelligent and realistic expectation of future possibilities is such a potent force in invoking higher energies. And it's one of the areas that we as a group who work with this Goodwill Meditation are trained to contribute to, creating an atmosphere of expectation. Writing in 1945, as the Second World War was approaching conclusion and world powers were preparing to gather in San Francisco for the conference that led to the founding of the United Nations, the Tibetan commented that forces of enlightenment, which has always been present on Earth, were now pouring into humanity. At that time, it's as if the heart of humanity had been softened by the suffering of the war, and large numbers of thinkers in every profession, every field of activity, diplomats, religious leaders, leaders of large civil society groups, were all looking for new ways forward that could bring principles of unity, justice, and freedom into expression. And of course, all of those ways forward were compromises, compromising between the new vision and the real politic of great powers and nations, national self-interest. Leading the forces of light back in 1945 was the living Buddha, this same living Buddha who continues today to be the symbol of enlightenment and illumination. In 1945, Buddhism was still largely a philosophy practiced in the East. And it was in the West where the greatest need for new ways of thinking was to be found. Today is very different. For today, fresh creative approaches to Buddhism have coalesced into a vibrant and influential movement of thought in the West. And they'll surely become more significant a force in the East as the region finds its own way of breaking out of the dominance of materialism. There are many examples in the East where Buddhism is driving a terrific new movement. Mindfulness is influencing thinking in the West in remarkable ways, from thoughtful academics in nearly every discipline to social activists, healers and doctors, physicists and psychologists. It was so interesting to hear Kosha Joubert speak at the World Global Seminar last November in Geneva, um, in, so speaking, in, speaking actually from Glasgow, but for the Geneva Conference. She spoke about the number of participants who represented governments and international agencies at the Glasgow Climate Change Conference who were active meditators. Now, mostly this will be down to the growth of mindfulness and mindfulness practices and the influence that mindfulness is having amongst intelligent servers and people of goodwill. So we can take this growth of mindfulness, I think, as a sign to expect the Buddha's radiations of enlightenment during Waisak this year to have a deep and profound effect on consciousness. 
really electrifying not simply the mindfulness movement, but electrifying the deep thinking, the intelligent deep thinking of all people of genuine goodwill. The Buddha's teaching on the Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path is essentially a teaching on a proper sense of spiritual values and of the fullness of mind needed to break through the glamours and illusions of materialism and the separative consciousness. So it is to these right spiritual values that we need to direct our attention and our thought. We know that the great issues of our time will only and can only be addressed to the extent that we have an enlightened public opinion. And an enlightened public opinion can only come and flow from right values. That's really what it means. When there's a shared concern for the common good, for the achievement of community freedoms, these are community freedoms, freedom from want, for example, or freedom from fear, as it was expressed by Franklin Roosevelt in The Four Freedoms. When there's a shared concern for the achievement of community freedoms, this depends upon the achievement of individual freedoms. We can only get freedom from want to the extent that individuals are free to grow into their full selves, into the use of the full mind. And this means freedom of speech and religious belief. A good and just society then can then be organized around any number of ideologies. And what matters is less to do with a form of ideology predominant in a society, capitalist or socialist, for example, less to do with a form of how a nation's organized than it is to do with the quality of relationships expressing themselves through economics, governance, religion, and so on. And what is needed now is for higher selfless values to be brought into public conversations and for these conversations to be guided and led by those who have the, whose authority and authenticity flows from their transparent, quiet attempt to live these values. Listening to your talk, Mensa, it made me realize that part of the power of those two servers you focused on, Marty Atisari and Ramos Horta, um, that their power really came from their personal authenticity, from the personal values that drove them in their conflict resolution work. So these values, there are five values um, that are encapsulated in a world goodwill um, focus on values to live by. A love of truth reminds us of the need to take responsibility for our own thinking. Each one of us has to find truth. It pushes us to penetrate behind popular ideologies and opinions and slogans that each one of us tend to find ourselves drawn towards. Slogans and opinions that are repeated endlessly in the media and shared amongst all who think the same sorts of thoughts, 
all who think alike, alike share these slogans and reinforce their thinking. It comes, each one of us is challenged to tread a path now towards discovering for ourselves what we see as true and good and right and beautiful. And it comes from our own growing ability to think beyond carefully manipulated slogans and buzzwords so that we can look instead to ways of enhancing qualities of relationship. A sense of justice leads us to think from different perspectives so that we can begin to see what is right and just for all without focusing on our own needs or our own people's needs, our own tribal needs, or our own nation's needs. To see the needs of all and then to see these needs coming into relationship. A spirit of cooperation flows when there is a love of truth and a sense of justice and a natural goodwill towards others and concern for the well-being of all and a sense of personal responsibility for the good of the whole and a willingness to contribute to the greater good of the community is the core requirement for any nation that seeks to truly work with democracy. Serving the common good is a natural result of these values. It's a natural result of a love of truth, a sense of justice, a spirit of cooperation and a sense of personal responsibility. For all of these lead the individual to the will to serve the common good. And we should expect to see increasing levels of service to the common good in coming months and years. Let's imagine the forces of enlightenment flowing into humanity through this festival period and especially during the Waysak festival. And let us look for signs of the higher values taking hold of the mind and heart of intelligent thinkers and people of goodwill across the globe. Thank you, friends. So now we come to an opportunity to hear your thoughts. Minsa. Yes, there we are. So if you have any thoughts, share them in the chat. And I do see already a hand raised. So you can raise your hands by going through, I think it is reactions. Yeah. And there you can raise your hand. So feel free to do so or share your thoughts in, um, in the chat. Um, we could try to unmute Joshua, who did already raise his hand. Joshua. I mentioned Steve. We have a hey. comment on Facebook from uh, Bruno Bronco Diaz. Uh, and he asks, can you please comment about Shambhala impacts and all that is happening? And all this that is happening. Well, yeah, thank you. Thanks, Joshua. And thank you. Um, sorry, what was the name again? Joshua, the, what was the person's name? He's, yours is muted. Yeah, he's, he's muted. Okay. Anyway, thank you for that comment. Um, just as, a, as a, my, a quick response, and it'll be interesting to hear the responses of others. 
my sense of this Shambhala impact that we see now is really in this intensification of life everywhere. And recognizing that that flows from a Shambhala impact means that we also look for an equivalent intensification of the will to good in humanity. We're so, the media, everything makes us look at the difficulties and the, the, the trauma of this more intense life. Our, it's important for us to look at where the sort of discipleship quality in humanity is being strengthened. Uh, and I believe we see this, and I think again, that those examples of um, Ramos Horta and Atisari are good examples of the will um, but of course we also see this will in all of our communities and we should be looking for it. But uh, Minza. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I would just like to add to that. When you talk about Shambhala impacts, it means that it is not a constant flow of destruction or of uh, power or, you know, all those qualities that are associated with Shambhala. Uh, there are at certain points in time um, impacts, cyclic impacts, if you want. And um, I'm not sure, of course, it will intensify the will aspect because that's associated with Shambhala. And each time that there is such an inflow of the will, or oh, sorry, of the, the Shambhala force or energy, it will empower the will. And we, as, a, as the, well, the new group of world servers or people who are working with goodwill this goodwill meditation group we transform that that will into goodwill and we can use both of them to go from the one into the other and to make that really happen in our own environment and i think we can try to look at you know all kinds of big pictures and things which are happening in on, on the planet and we can try to link that to to shambhala or not, I would not, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm not to say that this is happening because <laughs> of an impact of Shambhala. But I can, what I can do in my environment is try to use these energies of Shambhala and transform that will to good, or actually the reverse, the good will to transform that in the will to good and make a shift in my environment, as we, as we mentioned in the meditation, in your community, even in your nation, etc. Let me see whether Joseph Joseph Murphy has his hand raised. Can you unmute yourself, yes. Joseph? Please. Hello. Can you hear me? I hear you beautifully. Oh, great stuff. Um, yeah, sorry, I was late. Um, opticians, my young my young daughter, but um, so I've just joined in. So thank you for what I've heard. Anyway, hi to everybody. Blessings. Um, I know I've not long received some information which personally on, my, on a personal or spiritual kind of level, it's been kind of happening to me for many years now, this balance or I guess trying to it, the living sacredness of every moment. And it, I think it ties into what in some respects 
that if, if we live and raise the sacredness of every moment within ourselves, then we become, I guess, conduits for that goodwill, that energy. And because really there is no mundane, the, the great mayor, the great illusion, the forces of, you know, glamour of the blinds will continue to try to um, impress the materialism, the mundane upon us. But every moment, and we've gone so far away from that, especially in the West, but every moment is a is a living sacredness. And I think the more we allow that within our own hearts and from the spiritual heart of Shambhala to come through as an act of channels for that, um, that, that will speak louder and do more good than any marches, any protests, any shouting from rooftops. Uh, yeah, that's all really I wanted to say, really. May the grace be with us all. Bless you, Joseph. That was That's a wonderful comment. Now, I think for all of us on this call, when we listen to that those thoughts, Joseph, and when we relate them to your contribution to the seminar in November and to the work of the Grace Foundation and the stunning work in small local communities in Leicester that you're involved with, that really is a picture of exactly what you're speaking about, making sacred. Um, that it's so concrete and practical because it's so, it's the simple heart-to-heart -heart relationship of those in our community, and through no. grace, the beautiful thing, the the beautiful thing in grace is that you've related that to the problem of relationships with the environment, and to the relationships between peoples of different cultures so reaching across um, to Africa sorry Joseph it, well it's interesting because I do I do work with a um, they work with homeless people in Krakow in Poland I was there doing some training recently um, and we've recently just in way of practical action global north and global south giving back as from the good graces we've leased land for uh, women's groups don't have access to food security so they can um, work the land for themselves, their families, their friends, and then next year pay for that. And we hope to carry that on. But also I, I do work with a so-called reflective practice with a pagan group, with statutory organisations, but actually not in the same language, but all are looking to over... Our systems have become crystallised. Our material systems have become crystallized where they act as shackles in so many ways and then prisoners from from the grace and from that living sacred moment because hence the reason it's called the present it's with us always and all these individual groups all these individual people it is it's about relationships and the relationship not necessarily just they have with themselves or the wider world but the relationship they have with who they really are their deeper self and that yearning to want that back if we've lost so many of of, of our myths from the our, our archetypes of our being and of the, the wider the wider life but actually we've replaced them with material symbols and but i think we're going to find over through the, the oncoming crisis over um the next 15 20 30 40 years that actually that we're going to reclaim them in a more powerful way because we, we can't live in a world or in any plane without being part of that livid sacredness. 
but thanks for listening. Cheers. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you, Joseph. Yeah, thank you very much. The the only the only addition I would make is to me, your story illustrates the reality is that this sense of the sacred is far more widespread than we might ever believe. Um, the fact is that I imagine in nearly every community where you live there will be examples of groups of people who in whom a new sense of the sacred is growing and out of that sort of self-discipline you know a new sense of relationship to the material world where sacrifices are able to be made that's as you say in the pagan community but in every community really in, in Christian churches in in mosques in temples but also in many academic disciplines that are looking say at presencing there is this new spirit and that is where these values are being powerfully reformed and reshaped yeah I, I totally agree with that and I also very much appreciate the work uh, which Joseph and his his group uh, are doing because they are actually translating the the teachings in terms which everybody can understand and um, this is happening on all levels uh, steve was already saying there are many communities where these values the values to live by or the sacredness of a moment are really working out but all on all level yesterday i had by chance i met with a diplomat and he was a spiritual man and for him he was pretty young and that's always a problem for diplomats because when you're young you are you're still an idealist and you want to change the world and if you are in that diplomatic world i can assure you that's not an easy thing but still he was very he had all the the the, the necessary goodwill and for them it is really an art to translate our thinking our teaching in terms that can be understood by their environment and it does happen it does work there are people of course there are other people who you know have a lot of double talk and things like that but there are also really good people and i think as steve mentioned in his talk you find them everywhere they don't shout from the top the, the rooftops but they are there doing their work and i think that's really the power of the goodwill we try to foster through our meditations too I think there is another hand or should we Joshua I think Joshua's hand is raised again yes <laughs> go sir Joshua I think you're on unmu you're unmuted I think he is unmuted yeah oh sorry about that uh, it was a local issue uh, so we have another comment from YouTube this time uh, Dharma Tart says he is speaking about what I'm feeling at this time, I assume referring to Joseph. I would argue that there's a certain amount of financial freedom that we need, along with freedom of speech and others that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely Dharma. Um, I couldn't agree more. I mean, one of my favorite 
groups is the Buddhist development movement in Sri Lanka, Savodhya Shramadana, which um, was on the workable seminar, I think, two it's years ago, um, where the the goal and the tremendous impact on um, millions of people on it's it's one of the biggest um, community development movements certainly it's the biggest in Sri Lanka but one of the biggest in the world and the most influential um, is towards the goal of a no wealth no poverty society um, and using a huge range of sort of financial um, skillful financial expertise to empower communities to develop themselves out of poverty um, and to um, so that participants are all able to meet their needs um, with a certain level of financial security I think that's a, that's a really good point I agree I see just in the chat Yep. Uh, from Kit Turin, please put the name and website link of Joseph's group organization in the chat. Uh, I don't have that at hand. But maybe please, um, Kit and everyone, please go to the Wogable newsletter. Um, the recent, the latest issue of the Wogable newsletter, where you where you will find all the links to the Grace Foundation and the Grace work. Um, and also you'll find links to, to my way of thinking that newsletter is really an excellent example of the skill and the sort of depth with, with which the new consciousness is being anchored in humanity today because you'll find um, work on restorative development from diff very different perspectives um, Joshua's work, which also involves Joseph's work, which also involves permaculture, um, psychological work with biographies, um, such a range, and a, a physicist um, from Geneva who's who's working with meditation um, and influencing large numbers of people. Um, so this idea that these new values and the new consciousness is some small little fringe thing is to my way of thinking just not seeing reality consciousness is changing and we are part of that and when we use the goodwill meditation we play a really vital part in the electrification of this transformation that is already in place um, Okay, Steve, shall we yeah. conclude yep. with those words? Shall we just take one minute of silence and then conclude? Good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Vince. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. Ciao.